Today, we're diving back into the case of Chad Guy Daybell, who is charged with murder and conspiracy to commit murder in the deaths of his first wife, Tammy Daybell, and his second wife, Lori Vallow Daybell's children, JJ Vallow and Tylee Ryan. His trial is set for April 2024 with... You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Jury selection happening in March, to my understanding, and there have been some important developments we need to discuss, and hopefully nothing about Chad's storm or his little tornado. I'm Linda with It's a Crime, where compassion, integrity, and covering truths and the pursuit of justice guide our mission. So now, let's get into it. Not only is Chad Daybell on trial for the murder of his wife, Tammy Daybell, he's also charged with fraud for collecting on his wife's life insurance as well. And what's interesting is Chad signed an application on September 8th, the very day that Tylee was murdered and buried in his backyard. And on that day, he increased Tammy's life map insurance to the maximum that was allowed under her policy, according to the indictment. That policy was around $430,000. Then a month later, she had an attempt made on her life, which failed, and then Tammy was killed on October 19, 2019. Now, two weeks later, Chad married Lori on a beach in Hawaii. I did a video not long ago also about how Tammy was posed the night she died and his pathetic call to the authorities the morning she died. Chad said she died peacefully in her sleep, but her cause of death was asphyxiation. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think that's very peaceful. We know Chad is also charged in the gruesome murders of Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallow. And be prepared for trial because we'll see the focus go deeper since we are looking at the lens of Chad now, in my opinion. The question that many have, including myself, is who dismembered Tylee? Was it Alex or was it Chad? I do have my own thoughts. What are yours? Let me know below. Now, you most likely know that Lori already stood trial for her part in these tragic events and was convicted earlier this year back in July. Recently, she was extradited from her comfy prison cell in Idaho and transported to Arizona to face conspiracy charges in the murder of her fourth husband, Charles Vallow, who was shot in cold blood in Lori's home on a morning that Charles just wanted to go and pick up his adopted son, J.J. Vallow, and take him to school. Lori is also charged with conspiracy to commit murder in the case of her niece's ex-husband, Brandon Boudreaux. And I said it before, and I'll say it again, how the heck is Lori's niece, Melanie Pulowski, how did she get away with everything, is a dang mystery. 
the very person who had first-hand knowledge as to where Brandon Boudreaux was the morning he had his attempt made on his life. And it doesn't mean she's part of the attempt necessarily, but that's not the only thing she knew. And the bullet missed Brandon Boudreaux's head by inches, and Melanie would have benefited off of an insurance policy just like Lori, just like Chad. And she did some shady things in the days leading up to Brandon's attempt, but that will be saved for another day and another video. I'll have the link to my previous video about Melanie below. Let's get back to Chad. Recently, a hearing took place that addressed a slew of important motions in Chad's case, including whether the trial will be televised, potential charges to the venue, amendments to the indictment, and the possibility of the death penalty. Now, the trial, which is slated for April 1st, 2024, will in fact be live stream as ruled by Judge Stephen Boyce. And Judge Boyce had earlier banned cameras in the courtroom back when Chad and Lori's cases were actually conjoined or consolidated. And that decision held true even after their cases separated. Now Lori's trial was not televised or streamed. Instead, daily events were recorded by a sketch artist. And we also followed Nate Eaton's tweets from East Idaho News who did an excellent job and he has since the beginning. They also posted audio every day of that trial. Now, Judge Boyce ruled Chad's trial could be streamed after Chad's defense attorney, John Pryor, argued for the need for cameras in the courtroom, stating that it would allow Chad's family in Utah to watch the proceedings and keep everyone involved honest. I find that an interesting statement. John said cameras keep everybody honest. They keep the system honest. They keep the witnesses honest. They keep everyone honest. And he's been wanting cameras since the very beginning. But not everybody was on board with this. In fact, prosecuting attorney Rob Wood voiced concerns about creating a circus-like atmosphere and potentially impacting jurors and witnesses. He said, we shouldn't fix what isn't broken. This court made a very good decision banning cameras in Lori Vallow's case. It led to more professional proceedings and helped in preserving the rights of the parties to a fair trial. This will be an eight-week trial, and by broadcasting the length of a trial, you run the risk of people, witnesses, and jurors hearing and seeing things they shouldn't. Well... With John Pryor at the helm of the defense, I think it's going to be a lot longer than eight weeks. I said it. Or as John says, quite honestly, judge. And then rambles on for 20 minutes. Rob Wood also made the argument that witnesses will be uncomfortable knowing this will be live streamed. And he worried that their neighbors will have to hear what they are saying because of it. And this would be the opposite argument really of what John is saying. He's saying cameras keep them honest. But what if witnesses would be afraid of speaking even under oath? Let me know what you think below. With this green light for live streaming, there are still stipulations put into place. It will be streamed, but but with court equipment and there's no zooming in and other video and cameras are still banned in the courtroom. The hearing also addressed a possible venue change. Prosecuting attorney Lindsay Blake argued to move the trial back to Eastern Idaho from Ada County and pointed out the extensive media coverage during Lori's trial. However, John Pryor highlighted the difficulty of finding impartial jurors in Ada County due to the media attention. Now, Judge Boyce granted a change of venue back in 2021 at John Pryor's request. That was before their cases were even separated. And Lindsay Blake talked about Lori's trial still receiving extensive media coverage even 
even though it was moved, and that countered John's argument. She said during the trial, there was daily coverage, daily reports, interviews being conducted on the courthouse steps daily, and crowds were gathered to hear the verdict. The coverage in Ada County is pervasive. She noted that she realizes that Fremont County has a smaller population than Ada County, but she still believes a fair and impartial jury could be found. But Pryor is saying, uh-uh. He said a large number of witnesses are from Fremont County. They have family and friends and live in the community. When picking a jury, this would create a nightmare. We are not going to be able to obtain people who don't know witnesses in this case. The media attention has saturated the entire state and the entire country. Judge brought up a concern during Lori's trial, which was a non-capital case. We know that. He mentioned that they summoned 1,800 jurors in Fremont County, but questioned if only 2,000 residents there are eligible. And originally, they changed that venue to find a fair jury. And Ada County has around 300,000 eligible jurors, meaning less than 1% would be called. Judge Boyce is thinking about the venue change request and will give his decision in writing. But in my opinion, I doubt he'll change it. Do you? One of the arguments also in the past was the travel for witnesses and family, especially if the cases were split, and here we are, they are, obviously, and now the families have to endure this traumatic experience not once, but twice with Chad's trial, plus all the travel and another two months of their lives being spent in court and having to hear this. We will also have to endure John Pryor. Be ready for that, in my opinion, as long as John Pryor is there. It's going to be very, 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 very long-winded. If you agree, put a heck yeah in the comments. Now, other motions were also discussed, including amendments to the indictment and whether the death penalty should be removed for consideration. This is interesting. I covered this in my last video, talking about the death penalty and Lord have mercy, they have his Chad Storm in the actual documents. I don't know if John Breyer realized what was going on or he wanted it in there. Now, because the prosecution talked at Lori's trial about Lori being the one who was in charge, so to speak, and, and coordinating everything with the murders, they stated their case and Lori's role. And John is trying to secure that position and say, here's a motion, I want the prosecution to make the very same argument. He said arguments made during Lori's trial need to be consistent during Chad's. You can't make one legal argument in terms of who is the culpable person and who is leading the conspiracy in one trial and then change it to someone else during the other trial. But Rob Wood objected and said the prosecution isn't changing the theory and that both Chad and Lori were responsible for these heinous crimes. He said, we will focus on Chad at his trial. We will present the same core theory argued at Lori Vallow's trial. Judge Boyce granted a motion to amend parts of the indictment, but denied a motion to limit prosecutors' arguments consistent with Lori's trial. The judge said he hadn't seen anything to indicate inconsistent arguments, but said if John sees an issue, then he can bring it to his attention during Chad's trial. He said the state cannot come in and argue a set of facts at trial number one and turn around and argue a set of different facts at trying to convict individuals. Now, let's talk about Chad Chad and Lori for a minute because we are only months away from Chad's trial and I'm starting to wonder if Lori will squeak and tattle on Chad eventually if she decides to do that. She probably would keep her mouth shut though I'm thinking in my opinion until after Charles and after Brandon Boudreaux's trial and then squeal. 
what would she have to lose then, right? Unless she believes that she has a mission to tend to still and she's still in cahoots with Chad. Do you think she still has a mission? Is there still work to be done? She never did seem to take accountability for her actions. She even read out a ridiculous statement at the end of her trial and it was obvious she did not take any accountability whatsoever. But the effect that this case has had on everyone involved is beyond traumatic. For the families, the responders, the jury, the judge, counsel, everyone. And speaking of the impacts on those involved, Brenda Dye, who is the Fremont County Coroner, recently shared the challenges she faced while dealing with the Daybell case, which she got involved just a few months into her first term. She described it as the toughest case she has ever handled, even when it came to investigating the deaths of Tammy Daybell and Lori's children, Tylee Ryan and JJ Vallow testifying about the grim details of finding Tylee and JJ's bodies in Chad Daybell's backyard, Brenda revealed the haunting impact the case has had on her. Looking ahead to Chad's upcoming trial in the spring, she confessed, I still have nightmares. I have to relive everything again and all those emotions come back. A lot of cases are harder than others, but this has been really hard for me. And this echoes throughout everyone who has to be involved. Imagine the first responders, the prosecution, the defense, everyone having to look at this. JJ was wrapped in plastic and bound by duct tape while Tylee was dismembered and burned and they were both buried in Chad's backyard in the pet cemetery. What's next? Chad Daybell's next hearing is scheduled for December 28th in Fremont County. As always, I'll be here to keep you updated and watch with you through this high profile case. I still have so many questions regarding Chad and his potential involvement in Charles Vallow's death and Brandon Boudreaux's attempt. Maybe there's still time to get him into some trouble. And maybe not. Click here to learn how Tammy Daybell was posed the day she died and what that means. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, stay safe out there. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity. And the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.